Welcome, everybody, to another edition of A Community of Culture, The Black Perspective. I am your host here, Otis Evagirl, and with me I have Brandon Sams and Imani McGarrow. How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. Yep. <clears throat> I'm quiet. Just I know. We always start <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to actually read them a comment, and I'm pretty sure this is going <laughs> to, they're going to start yelling in a minute. Um, Brandon wrote a column about black names. And uh, it was actually really interesting, and it was, it was a lot of perspectives that, that I found to be very interesting. Then we have those that, that like to put their two cents behind, of you know, course. the keyboard and the computer where we can't see their face and things like that. And so Shaniqua <laughs> decided to comment on Brandon's column, and he or she said, black names are spelled outrages. He couldn't spell outrageous, so that's problem number one. Um, and the people with black names fit those stereotypes more than half the time. They talk in Ebonics and try to act really different to keep their culture, with, which really doesn't relate to their culture at all. Mm-hmm. Brandon, he, he, she calling you out. I know, they came for me. Um, well, first off, if you're going to criticize my work, please spell correctly. Secondly, the names are spelled outrageous. What does that even mean? Well, outrageous, I should say. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Like, who cares how a name is spelled? The name is a name. Um, and what else did they say? Um, they talk in Ebonics and try to act really different <coughs> to keep their culture, which really doesn't relate to their culture at all. Yeah. I don't and even then, know what that means. I know. <laughs> and then said they act the way, like, more than half the time. I'm sorry, are you a statistician? Do you do research on how often people with quote-unquote black names act and Ebonics? That's uh, actually, if you look at (coughs) linguists, that's actually uh, um, an actual kind of language, the African-American vernacular English. So, hey, why not? What's wrong with Ebonics? Also, like, Ebonics is a dialect. People love Mm -hmm. to dump on slang and Ebonics like that, but it is a dialect. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, like, it's a dialect. It's not some made-up, like, ghetto language. It's, mm-hmm. I just, it's irritating. Yeah. Okay, it's Shaniqua. I feel like <laughs> I it's a Shaniqua. boy, though, right? Don't yeah. You know? I feel like the name is supposed to be ironic or something. Like, okay, Shaniqua. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. Girl. Yeah. Have a seat. Well, you know, black names. And I, Brandon wrote some interesting things about, about black names. And I... There, there were some that I agreed with and there were some that I disagreed with. I think black names is just a form of an identity crisis. I think, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this every week because I do think the African-American community does deal with an identity crisis. And I think names have to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you're always trying to um, find yourself. I think the black community is always trying to find themselves, make themselves different, make themselves expressive, mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. I don't think it should hinder, you know, getting a job. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, Shaniqua. Okay, a girl with Shaniqua. And and I had a conversation with someone, and they thought that this isn't true. But it is true. Mm-hmm. Even with black people, if you hear a name instantly, Shaniqua, Third Ward, that's mm-hmm. Houston, Compton, L.A. You know, mm-hmm. you're thinking of the hood. You're thinking, um, you know, black people. But that's not fair. You know, yeah. there's plenty of Shaniquas or there's plenty of girls that have an African-American name mm-hmm. that, you know, they're sweet, they're humble, they just want to make it, you know, somewhere. And the thing, too, is I think sometimes the, the issue goes deeper for me. I think 
when you think about the black community, and I hope this makes sense to everyone that's listening, when you think about the black community, it's it's grandparents that are raising kids, it's single mothers, fathers are r- rarely around, it's family members. And when they give their name to their kid, I think sometimes they don't think, they're not thinking, my kid could be a CEO, or my kid could be a doctor, or a teacher, or a lawyer, or something. I think they think my kid's going to be a basketball player. I think they mm-hmm. think that my kid's going to be an actor and actresses or whatever, so they don't really think too much. I don't want to say they don't think too much about the name because clearly they do because it might mean something to them, but I think that they'll be, they're thinking, well, they'll make it out of the hood or wherever they're at, and that name, because, like, to me, my thing is, if you saw an ordinary person, and it's really hard to do because Beyonce is on top, but if you saw an ordinary girl named Beyonce, mm-hmm. You're not thinking this is the name that's going to get you somewhere. Or LeBron. LeBron's not a come. I mean, before LeBron James, if someone would have told me, hey, this kid's name's LeBron, it's like, what? Like, you know. And I think mm-hmm. parents think that they're gonna, their kid's going to get instant gratification and satis- satisfaction as they grow older, that sometimes the name might not be as important as what they think. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the point that you're trying to make. I'm kind of confused. Like you're saying that they name their children in hopes that they'll be like famous or something like that. Right. They're not thinking that they're going to make an office job or they're going to. I think they're thinking more that the kid is going to be a basketball player someday yeah. okay. or an artist or an entertainer or something like that where they're not thinking, hey, I should name my kid Michael because you know, it might affect him 18 years down the line trying to get into college or trying to get an office job. Yeah, but I, um, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that it's an unfair criticism on the black people because the real blame is being shifted from the institutionalized racism to the black parents. You should be able to name your child whatever you want to without it hindering them. And I, I think I understand what you're trying to say is that they don't, understand the effect that it will have on them as right. they try to become a CEO or try to get a job. But the real fact of the matter is that it shouldn't have any adverse effect on them in general, I think. Um, I just think it's funny because, like, you know, you hear of celebrities naming their kids stuff like Apple. Exactly. And, you know, that's – I haven't heard much criticism of that. But, you know, you hear Shaniqua tossed around. And I think – I just think with these names also, like, you hear black names, and to me, I think of, like, you know, like, names rooted in history, like, you know, like, African names or names in Swahili. That's what I think of when I hear Mm -hmm. black names. But I think for, like, most people, they hear, like, black names, and they're all automatically thinking of, you know, the Shaniquas and Shanaynes and Ladashas. They think of African-American as opposed to the black diaspora, you know, Caribbean, African, you know, African immigrants in Europe, South America, you know, they think of African American instead of black in general, right? All right, I mean, my, I mean I'm mean, i prime example of that. Yeah, yeah. You, you have know, a black name. My name, name is Osagio Dua, but my thing though is that my, it's my grandparents that named me, and mm-hmm. our culture, that's, that's how it is in the Nigerian culture, is actually your, your parents' parents that name you. It's not the parents that give you that name. And my grandmother on my dad's side is the one that gave me that name. And my thing is, you know, I I do joke around and I do say, I'll I'll admit it, that, you know, I always tell people, I have an excuse. My parents are Nigerian. You know, my, my, you know, and it is is an ignorant thing to say. I do do acknowledge that. But sometimes I think instead of 
instead of the African-American community blaming it on, let's say, corporate America, African-Americans have to be able to acknowledge that you have to play by certain rules that you don't want to play by Mm -hmm. if you want to make it somewhere. It's a sad truth. It's something that no one wants to talk about, but it's true. Mm -hmm. I do agree. I do think that Anyone should be able to name their kid whatever they want to. You talk about North Northwest mm-hmm. or Apple or whatever. Yeah, the reason they get away with that is because they have money. If you're mm-hmm. in the hood, you can't get away with that. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad. It's it's something that I don't want to say, but it's true. You can't. You know, you're mm-hmm. hoping and and you know with these names, you have got to be able to think in the long term for your kid as well. You know, naming your kid uh, Calandria. Mm-hmm compared to an Ashley. And and let's not even, something that I think we lose sight to as well is that it doesn't even have to be white or black. It can be both black and black. If I see a girl named Ashley and I see Calandria or something like that on a resume, your eyes instantly shift to Ashley because the name alone. Now if they have like, if, if you know, Calandria has a better resume, they're still going to look at Ashley because what if Ashley is starting to get promoted? What if Ashley is starting to become the face of the company? What if Ashley is starting to own the company? It's more pleasing to more people to see that compared to a Calandria. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a hard truth to face. I don't agree with it, but it is reality. Yeah, it's reality. And most black families do name their children, you know, uh, stereotypical European names. So they we realize that, but like I keep getting back to the point because the point is that it shouldn't be that way and you say it's a hard truth and it is and that's why most, <clears throat> even within the black community, you know, the people joke around at like, oh, your name's ghetto, you know, laughing at Deshaun or, you know, uh, Janicia, whomever. Yeah. So, you know, we do, and, but it's more playful when we do it. Um and but the point still remains that it shouldn't be that way. If Calendria is more qualified, then Ashley shouldn't get um hired more simply because her name alludes that she may be white or non African American. You know, in the uh column that I wrote I, I um included st- statistics from the national uh what is it? National National Bureau of, of Economic, Economic Research. Research. Um, and it showed that people with black-sounding names were 50% less likely to receive callbacks on their resumes, com- even when they were equally as qualified as people with stereotypical white-sounding names. And even when their uh, their credentials were overqualified for the job, they were only 9% more likely over their black counterparts, whereas white people, they saw a 30% increase. And that's... a uh, like you said, that's a hard truth, but it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Um, this um, it kind of makes me think of like back in way back in the day, you know, with immigrants and um, they would have to change their names, yes. you know, yeah. um, to s- things that sounded easier. And I don't know. I think with this black name thing, and probably some of the other issues, it's kind of, you know, you have to make a choice. You know, if you want, we shouldn't have to play by the rules, but they're there. Yeah. Like, you know, and you just kind of have to make a choice, like, if that's something that you want to do or if you Mm -hmm. just want to keep on, 
guess I don't want to be like fight the man, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fight we, the man. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. King did it. Nelson yeah. Mandela did it. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, you know, but you said something earlier that's gonna kind of tickle my brain a little bit because I think a lot of people are gonna want to know why is it okay that if a black person plays around with a name like Deshaun mm-hmm. or something like that, it's okay for them to do it, but do you know if a white person does it it's not okay it's you know it's racist it's ignorance it's putting a stereotype on someone why is it that black people are allowed to do that i just think it's like in culture when you belong to a certain culture or ethnic group there are certain things that y'all can say or you know joke around or play each other because play with each other because they'll have that commonality in culture and and history, and when I said that they play around with the name like Deshaun or something like that, I mean, you know, not some random black person could come up and be like, "Oh, ha ha ha, look at you!" Like within friends and right. familiar groups, just like I can, I have female friends that I, you know, uh, say things to, but I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> call them certain words. And I couldn't do that with, like, some random girl that I see in the quad, like, just like, hey, B-word, because then she'd probably throw water in my face. It's just that in-group and people that you're familiar with, and I think it comes down kind of to that. You said something in your comment. When people demonize black names, it goes much deeper than simply referring normal names or ones that are easier to pronounce. I really doubt a person with a traditional Jewish, Asian, or Polish name would have to put up with the same stigma those those with black names do. When people call black names ratchet or ghetto, what they are actually saying, whether they know it or not, is that employers and society at large have the right to discriminate against a person based on his or her race and the negative stereotypes that accompany it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you this question. Please. Do you think it's fair that we criticize businesses if they're trying to uphold a certain standard and try to put a certain face on their business. Do I think it's fair that we criticize them? Yeah. Of course. Everything deserves criticism. Now, wouldn't certain businesses say that they have a right to do that though? They have a right to do it, but they don't have they they don't have a right to not be criticized either. They can do whatever they want to, but per first amendment, I have you can say or do whatever you want to, but I also can say and do whatever I want to in retaliation to that as long as I'm not infringing on the business. Like, I'm not throwing Molotov cocktails inside the building. I'm just like, hey, it shouldn't be like that. We're going to boycott you. We're going to show <coughs> statistics about your business where you discriminate against black people or people with black-sounding names. My issue with that is where does the line stop, mm-hmm. you know? Like you aren't going to hire with these people that have names like this. You're not going to hire with people that have hair like this. You're not going to hire people. um, I know, maybe their skin is too dark for you. that just happened in uh, somewhere, and it was like basically you can deny someone, um, like if someone is gay. Oh, in Kansas. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, where they, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it passed yet, but they're mm-hmm. um, toying with some kind of legislation where people have discretion to basically legally discriminate against gay people. Like, oh, we have a like a doctor or an ambulance can say, oh, you're gay. My religion doesn't believe in that, so sorry, you're gonna have to die on exactly. this sheet. Exactly, yeah. that's my issue. Like, mm-hmm. at what point does it stop? Like, yes, you have your right, and um, it just made me think of because I was watching um. 
that show What Would You Do, where they do these yes, scenarios and that. film people's reactions. And they had this person, um, the two actors were a person who was behind the counter at a restaurant and a woman portraying a, um, a Muslim woman in her... Uh, Hijab. Yes, thank you. I didn't want to say it wrong. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm not serving you, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And like, that's their right. Well, it's illegal, but you know what I mean? It's illegal to discriminate, and I think that should keep being that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think that, yes, it is their right, but at what point does their right start infringing on mine? Like, exactly. I don't think you should be able to use your truth to invalidate mine. That's exactly. not okay. So, yeah. What are your opinions, Otis? You know, I, uh, I agree with you guys. It's illegal to discriminate. I don't think that a name should hold back uh, so, uh, certain's progress, mm-hmm. a cer- certain person's progress. Mm-hmm. It's not fair, especially, especially, especially in the black community. People are working too hard, mm-hmm. working too many jobs to see their family get out of the projects or the hood or a circumstance that they can't overcome without help. You know, and for people to get discriminated against with their names and, and things like that, it hurts a little bit mm-hmm. because I'm an example of that. You know, Brandon Amani, you know, is a black name. Amani is actually, mm-hmm. according to research, the most popular African American female name. name. Yeah. yeah, it is, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I love the name, and I think a lot, and I think white America appreciates the name as well too. But someone like me who has a Nigerian name, you know, because I always get the whole, "You're Nigerian," mm-hmm. but um, does that hold you back? Because I know. Statistics show that Nigerians actually are the most educated of ethnic groups in America, even more so than the stereotypical, you know, stereotypes about Asians. African immigrants are actually the most successful and educated in the country. You know, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I get reminded by my parents every time. <laughs> uh, you know, my parents, actually, truth be told, my parents, you know, they were born Nigerian. I was actually born in London. Yeah. Born in London, England, and then I moved here to the States. And, uh, you know, that part of it is that that, uh, that culture is different, too, as yeah. well. Uh, Nigerian parents, they don't play when it comes to education. My, you know, I was good at sports in high school. In fact, I was getting recruited. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they didn't care about that. They cared about what's your, what are your grades look like. I wasn't allowed to bring a C yeah. home. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's part of it is that if you, they have a go-get-up mentality. You know, you got to go, you got to go after it. But I don't think it holds me back. I think it's different when they see it's a different culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when they see it's an African-American name, yeah. it's like, oh, this person's ghetto. When they see Osagio Dua, Erohan Evagar on a sheet of paper, <laughs> like, whoa, mm-hmm. is that Nigerian or something? <laughs> like, it's like, so I know it's different. Mm-hmm. You, you're right. It doesn't necessarily hold me back. But I do think at sometimes too, people don't understand as well. Yeah. Like, my name has meaning. Mm-hmm. Actually, my, my first name is God Directs Wealth. Erohan is uh, daddy has promised me and then I can never f- remember my last name and if my dad listens to this he's going to kill me but I never remember last one so it has meaning and I'm not saying that African Americans their names don't have meaning to it as well I just I just know how the white culture perceives yeah. certain mm-hmm. names and it, you know it's not fair but I, you know I don't think it should discriminate against people I don't think it holds me back per se because I have that mentality as well too some of it too is that the onus is on the person as well mm-hmm. it is on the person you cannot let people tell you what you can and cannot exactly. do mm-hmm. you're not going to tell me I'm not going to be successful exactly. there's no way because I'm going to fight to the bitter end there's no <laughs> way you're going to tell me I'm not the best because I'm going to make you tell me I'm the best if I got to do whatever I got to do I'm going to do it mm-hmm. 
and it starts with your name. The name is who you are. So represent that name. Show them, you know, the kind of person you are and, and go after. And I, I think that's part of the reason why it doesn't hold me back as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, you know, but, you know, I know people probably see black names like, how do you get a topic out of black names? The root, you know, everyone has their opinion. And I think it's, you know, it's a deep down thing. And I do think it kind of does with the, um, with the stereotypes that people have of uh, black names, that, exactly. that that's really bad. But speaking of spirit stereotypes, you know, for Thursday's paper, I wrote one on on racial profiling. Uh, during the summer, Trayvon Martin was a big deal, very very big deal. Uh, whether you like it or not, I am black. I don't think that you should shoot an innocent kid black or white for just walking in the neighborhood because he has a hood on and he's black mm-hmm. uh, that's ignorant that's stupid ask questions first before you turn into violence a person apparently that doesn't want to ask questions is our good old friend ted nugent uh, ted nugent oh, is uh, is the idiot and um you know journalism no journalist i'm not going to say objective to that he <laughs> is an idiot he's a complete idiot uh, Ted Nugent, 2013, went on Nick Cannon's podcast. And the two actually went at it. If you go listen to that podcast, uh, Nick Cannon had some choice words for him. But he basically compared uh, <laughs> he compared black people to breeds of dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that doesn't scream racism. I don't know what does. But, um, you know, he said that if a Dalmatian has been biting the children in the neighborhood, I think we're going to look for a black and white dog. He had over and over again, I watch the news and he, and here's a rape and here's a burglary and here's a murder in Chicago. 29 shot, 29 black shot by 29 blacks. At some point, you've got to be afraid of black and white dogs. <laughs> the Dalmatian is doing the biting. And later on, you know, Ted Nugent was on his uh, little KKK rant there. And then he goes on and he joked that he would not mind shooting residents of Los Angeles' South Central neighborhood with a machine gun from a helicopter. These are This is a man that the rock world adores. The fact that he still has a house to live in is mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that sometimes we put this stuff in print because if you would just see my face when I heard, you know, when I hear this, you know, it's one thing to be just ignorant. It's another thing just to be so stupid. And I don't understand why you're, (laughs) it's unfortunate we can't arrest people for their thoughts. Uh, To compare a race to a breed of dog is just demoralizing. Mm -hmm. It's unexcusable. And the fact that guys like him get celebrated is ridiculous. And then you go and say that you're gonna you're joking around and you're gonna go shoot, um, you know, people in South Central. Why? Exactly. You don't know these people in South Central. You don't know what's going on in their everyday uh, lives. And this is why America is divided. This issue, to me, is one of the biggest issues still in civil rights. Is mm-hmm. is profiling stereotypes? It starts with law enforcement. You know, mm-hmm. I put that. I think. The more law enforcement does it, the more idiots like Ted Nugent can come out and say stupid yeah. crap like mm-hmm. that. You know that, and that, it's not going to stop until law enforcement starts treating everybody equally. You know, it's only you know it 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 it, uh, it gives credence to I guess the George Zimmermans of the world who can go into a neighborhood, kill an innocent black guy, and then you got people trying to tell me it's not a race thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, when a white guy who walks with a hood into a neighborhood gets profiled. Someone should call me because I think that's yeah. when pigs will fly because it's never going to happen. It's not. Uh, and uh, just imagine if the races were different. If George Zimmerman was a big b- black man shooting some 17-year-old t- white 
teenage boy that went to prep school exactly that you, didn't do anything ever in his life <laughs> didn't uh, he was the perfect kid made straight A's they would doctor his report you don't even like I know. the fact that no one wrote a column about this is exactly. not an awkward event but during the summer it was just mind boggling to me because if the races were reversed that's what I kept telling everybody was if the races reversed, it's a black guy that killed that white kid. That white kid would have never done anything. You, you know what people were trying to do is that Trayvon, well, why is he in a hoodie? Why is his picture so good? Was he really that good? Oh, he smoked weed that one time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking airtime for you guys. I just, no, This fine. stuff really gets to me yeah. sometimes. And they tried to, as we talked about last week, they tried to paint him as a thug. You know, which, like you said last week, was another word for something else. Because they had no basis to call him a thug. He's a 17-year-old boy. He wears a hoodie. Okay. You know who else wears hoodie? College-age white girls. Are they thugs now, too? I see girls in the quad all the time with hoodies on. Am I supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, she's such a thug. Let me get a gun and shoot her. He was found with Skittles and iced tea. Oh, my gosh. I'm so scared. And (laughs) something that's even closer was last week or I think it was earlier this week, Michael Dunn, again, in Florida, he was actually convicted on the killing of Jordan Davis, a black teen who, in his words, music, thug music, again, there goes that word, it just seems to creep in everywhere, thug music was too loud, so he went up to this car with these black kids in it and shot him and killed the boy. And then he got in his car got some pizza with his fiance and just went about his day. <laughs> no one said anything. The police had to call him. And then they finally arrested him and all that stuff. And in his trial, they didn't convict him on murder. First degree, second degree, third degree, not even manslaughter. They convicted him on attempted murder because there were other kids in the car. So basically what the jury decided was, no, you're not guilty for killing this boy, but you're guilty because you didn't kill the other three black boys in the car. So it leads me to believe that if he would have killed the other three black kids in the car, then he would have gotten off because clearly they didn't prosecute him for murder. It's just, uh, I can't. Imani. (laughs) Okay. Um, Musa. Um, what was I going to say? I think I did uh, a few years back, I did a um, speech about the phenomenon in, or the racial profiling phenomenon called driving while black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think I just, law enforcement has a lot to do with it. And I've seen, you know, articles of um, people, especially in particular black guys, talking about, like, you know, what. Um, I mean, it's still snowing in New York, but when it was, like, at its coldest, you know, they'd be walking down the street with their hands in their pockets, and the cops would mm-hmm. be like, why do you have your hands yeah. in your pocket? Stop and frisk. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. My whole thing with the George Zimmerman thing is just, like, first of all, race has something to do with it. I, I, if Completely. You, if you don't, if you're saying that that's not true, then I we have no business interacting but like um also it's just like it happened you know we shouldn't forget that it happened by any means but mm-hmm. like doing stuff like um giving him an opportunity to fight in a oh, celebrity God. match and giving him an interview that makes the whole thing even worse to me because it's like 
The last thing I ever want to see is an in-depth interview with George Zimmerman on CNN talking about his life after the trial. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness. I just, that's, I, I think even worse than, you know, him getting off is the fact that he's still around and we still have to put up with this. We have to see this every day. And it's just, mm-hmm. I just, that's, that's the level of disrespect. Like, does no one care? What about his family? I, I know, the kid. Like, they celebrate, like, he's a celebrity me. for killing a kid. Like, he, quote, paints, quote, unquote, even though people have shown that that painting was made by someone else. He mm-hmm. paints a picture and it sells on eBay for what one hundred ten thousand dollars? It shows you the mindset of people in this country, and it w- it was such a huge bidding war too on the picture. And <laughs> he's a celebrity for killing this kid, and now after the trial, there he he was on um, he was uh, what's the word? Not prosecuted. He was charged with domestic violence against his several times exactly. she called the cops on him several times his estranged wife and her father exactly and they said he had a gun and he was talking about killing them and then like two months after that that was his wife two months after that he gets charged again with domestic violence against his girlfriend mm-hmm. I'm like okay there's a pattern here and even before trend? before the trial he got arrested several times for getting into it with cops and he was accused by several family members, we should add, of sexually molesting them as when while they were children. Mm-hmm. But Trayvon Martin gets stereotyped as a thug. Hmm, funny. Well, it, George Martin doesn't even count because he's Hispanic, too. Remember that? Well, he's half his, And I know they tried to... Because um, <laughs> his mother was Afro-Peruvian. First of all, this always irritates me, so let me get this out. Thank you. Hispanic and Latino is an ethnicity. It is not a race. Hispanic and Latino people are black, white, mestizo, zombo, taino, indigenous, whatever you want to call it. It's not a race. There are black Latinos. There's white Latinos. There's mixed Latinos. So whether he's Hispanic or not, could care less. He's white Hispanic, clearly. (laughs) Drop us some knowledge on these folks. That always irritates me when people, oh, I'm Latino. Oh, really, lady? (laughs) Your blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay. You're white, uh, you know, and it's it's dividing the country. Definitely, I think it is dividing the country, and I think there's going to be pockets of people who will judge others because they fear what they do not understand. And I, my whole thing is this is this is where I take issue with people who say stuff like, "Oh, racism isn't around anymore. Like racism is over. Racism is dead." And it's like. It changed its face. It didn't exactly. change its nature. It's not people in the streets with white hoodies repeat anymore. That. No, huh? repeat what you just said. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. It's it's you know it's in people getting stopped on the street yeah. and it's frisk. just moved it's underground in basically. Laws. It's in regulations that say you can't work here because your hair looks like this. Exactly. If that's not you know I, in sociology, we learn. Uh, de facto and de jure. Mm-hmm. De jure is legal, legal stuff, and then de facto is just how things are. Yeah. And so racism changed from de jure into de facto. It's no longer legal to be mm-hmm. to discriminate and be and intimidate black people with burning crosses and stuff like that. But there's still a lot of that going on. It's just not legal. Yeah, like I'm not saying 
that everyone is, you know, racist or whatever. Please I, make that clear. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely 100% not at all saying everyone is racist. She dated a white guy. Yeah, my <laughs> best friend is white. Yeah. Like, I don't, I also don't like how I have to clarify that. I know. Yeah. Or like when racist people are like, well, I knew a black guy. Yeah. Or okay, I dated congratulations. a white, white black really? girl one time. Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. <laughs> that one black guy you met in Be second grade. Be expecting your invitation <laughs> in the Good For You Awards. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah, but um, I'm not saying that everyone is racist by any means. I'm just saying that it's still there. It still exists. It's still a problem. The struggle is not over. It's just changed. You yeah. know, people have learned how to fit in and keep their, um, I guess, like racism more under, under wraps. Exactly, yeah. more it's under wraps. More. It, yeah, exactly. They're like calling black people thugs instead of the N word. <laughs> You know, I, that one is always going to get to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest thing that I think is just being missed in the the racial profiling of the stereotypes is that, you know, a man in 1963 stood in front of Abraham Lincoln and told the world, black, white, Hispanic, woman, man, transgender, whatever you are, we weren't made to be judged by the color of our skin. We were made to be judged by the content of our character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people miss all the time is that, man, you know, instead of trying to judge people all the time, and I think, you know, sometimes I don't even think it's just racism. and serious. I just think that people just think they know everything. Mm-hmm. And they just see a person who's like, oh, man, that person's color is blue. How? <laughs> you even ask them, like, their zodiac sign said today was like, no, that's not how life should be. You know, you ask questions. That's how you know. That's mm-hmm. how you learn about a person. That's how you're able to say, hey, I can be uh, friends with this person. And I, you know, it's just people just forget content of character, content of character, not the color of skin, content of character. And sometimes, you know, even us, we're not perfect. We have to remind ourselves that, oh, Lord, bless this person. You know, like, sometimes you have to, th- you know, you're thinking in the back of your mind, you're just like, oh, you need help. You know, sometimes we go into a place mm-hmm. where we don't really know the person. We just hear them say that one thing, and you're just like, mm-hmm. you are just an idiot. And then you get to know that person. You're like, oh, they're not mm-hmm. that bad. Yeah. You know, we just got to change a few things about you, and then, you know, we're straight. So. Um. I think that. Oh, did you want to say something? More? I was just gonna say, um, it's just that nowadays people ignorance is not from what they don't know; it's what they think they know. Like exactly. you need to reexamine what you think you know versus like, oh, I already know all about that. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say. And I think it would be disingenuous of us not to touch on the fact that black on black crime is a big. Uh, problem in the black community. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and I know like people would harp on us if we <laughs> didn't talk yeah. about that. But to Ted Nugent's point about um, you know when he compared us to Dalmatians ever so sweetly, eighty four percent of white people who are murdered are murdered by other white people. Yeah. So don't look at me. Don't look at Otis. Don't look at Imani. Look at your fellow KKK Klansmen because they're more likely to kill you than we are. And 90... Not all white people are KKK. Yes. I'm talking about Ted Nugent Sorry, people. We have to, we have to yes. uh, you know, clarify that for those out there that are going to attack us you know, <laughs> over the media. Yes, not, it's a joke. You know. So, yeah, look at your, you know, your brother or somebody because they're more likely to kill you than we are. But to go back on the black-on-black crime thing, it is a huge problem, and especially in Chicago where yeah. literally... Tens of people are getting killed every week, and it's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, no, Brandon's absolutely right. That is another subject that, uh, you know, it is kind of on the subject, too, is that, you know, black black on black crime is is, is is killing us as well. It is. You know, we're, we're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to stick together. This is a community of culture, mm-hmm. you know, and you're supposed to accept everybody. And it's so weird to me that especially black people still struggle with this because we were not at the CEO's tables for the longest time. Mm-hmm. We were on the outside looking in. So for you to still try to be gang banging and still say, it's, well, this is my set or this is my clique or mm-hmm. this is what I'm supposed to be doing and you not this because you sound this way or whatever is ridiculous. We were excluded for so long. Why exclude your own? You know, you should be inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's that's always going to get to us, and, and I wish we could spend more time on yeah. it a little bit. But, you know, you don't talk about being ex- excluded. <laughs> Just perfect segues, always. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try. You talk about being excluded. Uh, black women, I think, to get the short end of the stick as well. Mm-hmm. And your very own Imani McGarrell wrote about the angry black <laughs> yes. women. And I'm not even going to say nothing. I know. I would just let her do the damn thing. Actually, Go you know what, though? After I did read the column, my reaction was, damn. <laughs> I read it, and I was damn. And I told my mom, my mom like, I was like, you got to read this. And my mom was happy. So take the floor. That's superstar. Good. Okay. Um, basically, I just talked about um, the stereotype that exists that all black women are angry all the time, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, any – it's just really damaging because – um, there are angry people, but there are also passionate people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just the lines get blurred a lot. Like, I just think there's this perception of a lot of black women that were, you know, ghetto and loud and angry and always in your face, mm-hmm. which there are people like that. I get like that sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that Yeah, either. like, but I think it becomes damaging when anything you do gets marked as angry first you know mm-hmm. like it's it's just very dismissive of any other feeling or passion or emotion that may exist because you see you know black and woman and you think angry and um that's basically that was basically the gist of it so yeah very passionate column this <laughs> i was feeling that column yeah. i'm not even gonna lie and i liked how you pointed out how black women were excluded from women's feminine white women's feminism mm-hmm. i should say people don't think that's a thing yeah and that is very much a thing mm-hmm. from back in the day and even the later <coughs> the second wave feminism of the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and when you look at even the early black power movement of the 60s and 70s black women were excluded from the black panther party for mm-hmm. a very long time so it's like okay Black racism, the face of racism is black men. Mm-hmm. The face of feminism is white women. Mm-hmm. So where do black women fall? We're and last. Exactly. We're always last. Imani, there's this paragraph in here that, to my goodness, the thing is black women are angry for a reason. Oh, yeah. We are angry because it often feels as if there's no room for us in this society. We are angry because being told you are cute for a black girl is supposed to be a compliment. We are angry because somehow white women's feminism became different from black women's feminism. We are angry because the difference between a woman who does not take crap from anyone and a woman who is needlessly aggressive is somehow lost when you are a black female. Uh, I felt that one. That one one got me deep because, you know, you hear the whole, oh, she's cute for a black girl or, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, God. In certain male circles, use your imagination. Mm-hmm. But, oh, for a black girl, I guess, you know. And I think it, it, it 
I always tell people I think black women are on the bottom of the caste system. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the reason why I hate it so much is because I have a little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 10, no, she's 11 years old, and she just keeps growing. And I love her to death. And, you know, I, I think about this society and the way they treat black women. I don't, I don't want anyone to treat my sister like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 you start to think about it. I've had black girlfriends, and you're thinking, man, well, she's really smart. You know, she's doing big things right now at Texas State. And I think right now, and I'm thinking, she's black, you know. And I think of just the successful black women that have come mm-hmm. through, you know, our history. And then you still think about it like, they're still struggling. Mm-hmm. Like, why? And it, it, it's bad because society looks at black women, you know, it goes to the hair. You mm-hmm. know, we've talked about it. it. It's the gender roles, you know, mm-hmm. them being able to, how they're portrayed yeah. in the media, um, them being angry all the time. And mm-hmm. let me tell you something, black women are not angry all the time. They just gonna tell you how it is, mm-hmm. you know. They go, they'll, they'll tell you no. Mm-hmm. Black women are not afraid to tell you no, <laughs> yeah. and I think people misconstrue that as oh, they're just being better. It's like no, this is how they feel. Mm-hmm. They're expressive. They want to express themselves, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that it's unfair that you know black black women do get criticized the way they do. And the feminism point is spot on. Mm-hmm. Why is it that a white woman is struggling but a black woman can't struggle? She's mm-hmm. just angry, you know? So, And like Imani touched on, you know, when a non-black woman is, like you said, you know, abrasive or assertive or aggressive, they're like, oh my gosh, she's such a strong, independent woman. But when a black woman does, it's like, oh God, she's bitter, she's mean, she's angry, she's emasculating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not First of all, let's understand why that is because, and I say this week after week, because it all boils down to slavery times where you have families torn apart because daddy got sold to the highest bidder and now mom's in Georgia and dad's in South Carolina. Black women had to be strong. They had to be tough for their family. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, this uh, matriarch stereotype pervades the media and stuff like that because black women had to be strong they had to be mom and dad in those times and even nowadays where 70 percent of black children are born to single mothers mom the black woman has to play mom and dad she has to be strong for her family and for her kids and people may see that as emasculating or mean or aggressive but she has a reason to be like that and like you said black women they just Listen, I live for black women. They're just, <laughs> they're just like amazing because they just don't put up with anything. They don't take anything they from anybody. And I live. Um, I wanted to put this in the column, but I felt like I wrote too much, so I was like, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> um, but you know, there's. I don't know if you guys watch. I watch every year. It's only been on for like three years, but like Black Girls Rock, that award uh, show. Yes, yes. That is my life. But you know, it's one of those things where like. Of course, when that was on, everyone on Twitter was like, why isn't there a white yeah. girl's rock? Why can't white girls rock? That's so like, stupid. Okay, yeah. really? it's like the fact that, who's the sexiest woman alive mm-hmm. every year? Beyonce. Well, well. yeah, for us, but yeah. <laughs> for, for, for people, well, actually for a lot of people, I ain't gonna lie, Beyonce is just transcendent. But, you know, on a regular basis, Jennifer Aniston or, you know, just common white women. You know, mm-hmm. you never hear a black woman being getting sexy woman of the year, you know? And I think it, it's great that there's shows like that, mm-hmm. that black, you know, the black women, the black women rock and, and stuff like that. And I want to go back to your point about black mothers. Like, let me tell you something. If they were really that angry, all these kids that make it big one day, what's one of the first things they always say? I gotta thank my mama. I gotta <laughs> thank my mama. I gotta thank God, thank my mama. Exactly. And I'm gonna go buy my mama a house. Exactly. So clearly, something they were doing was working. It's not like these yeah. kids go away and like, man, 
Get my mama. I'm the biggest mama's boy around. I love, I love my mama. Love my mom to death. I love my dad too. Dad's around, you know, but I love my mom. You know, she's she'd always say yes, and my dad was like, no, you can't. But my mom, you know, she she raised me to be the man that I am to be today because she knew that there was something special in her kid. Uh, she pushed me. Sometimes she had to tell me no. Sometimes she had to tell me what I needed to hear, not what yeah, I wanted to definitely. hear. And black women do that. And that's why it's so it's puzzling to me that they don't get the benefit of the doubt the way they do because if you listen to an intelligent black woman, they will tell you what you know, what you need what you what you, uh, need, what, to what you need to hear. Not what you want to hear. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a shame. It's a shame that society is like this, but it's it, you know it is it is what it is. And I feel like the first female president should be black. <laughs> I think you know some of these countries would be scared since they're angry all the time. You know that's that's, that's my logic to that. You know, um, say? I don't know. And I think you know I'm an angry person. You would never know that. I you know like. I do. but you know what I mean it's just one of those things that I think you know there are black women that are angry and I think if you're perceptive enough to pick up on it part of that anger comes from knowing that that's there you know I think Mm -hmm. I said that on my column yeah I did Um, it's just one of those things you know that's there you it's um, we talked about this earlier it's about playing the game you know you can't you shouldn't have to, but yeah. you do. It's you an have unfortunate to. game that we have to play. Mm-hmm. And to touch back on what Elder said, like, I'm a big mama's boy, too. My mother is the most amazing. She's so smart. She's the smartest person I know. She's so strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love you, too, Dad. <laughs> he was there, too. <laughs> but my mom, you know, she just her work ethic and her yes. educational attainment is just beyond. And then I have an older sister. She's mm-hmm. nine years older than me, so I call her mom, too, because <laughs> yeah. she practically raised me. Love you. Um, so, you know, I was just surrounded by these strong black women, and it it irritates me when I hear these stereotypes about, you know, their bitter or, you know, as Imani pointed out in her article, all these things about black women. And I think it's important, too, to focus on other stereotypes of black women because aside from, you know, the angry black woman, which is known in intellectual circles as, you know, the sapphire stereotype, you have the Jezebel stereotype where there are these hypersexualized, mm-hmm. you know, loose um, women. And that's also an, an, an unfortunate uh, stereotype. Um, and that also probably coincides along with the angry black woman stereotype why so such a large percentage of black women are unmarried or never have been married because a lot of men, unfortunately, due to, t- due to these stereotypes, see them as emasculating. Mm-hmm. And men in general, not to demonize y'all or us, I should say, um, they don't want a woman who's who who can hold her own, who knows what she's worth, and who's strong enough to combat him. They want a more docile, uh, submissive woman, and I think that hurts a lot of black women, the stereotype. Um, about that hypersexualization thing um, that you were saying, also, you know, we keep saying it goes back to slavery days, but I think that perception comes a lot from um, the slave owners that would, you know, um, sleep with their, the black yeah, women, definitely. you know, and that upset their wives. And I think, I don't know if this is based on fact, 
but I think you know that's part of where it comes from because it, it was like yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah I look, it was uh I know back before the 1960s no white man was like none at all was in the south was ever prosecuted for raping a black woman mm-hmm. and that goes back to like you said in slavery times where they would mm-hmm. sleep with their <coughs> black slaves that's why you know a lot of black people in this country have a like 10 to 20 percent of European ancestry in their blood mm-hmm. it's known as the rape gene because so many black women were raped by their white slave owners so yeah it definitely does go back to that yeah yeah um I don't know I just think and like granted I think all girls have a little native attitude in them because that's the nature of our being but um so I wouldn't say that's like specifically a black mm-hmm. girl thing but I think that part of that attitude is learned, you know? We know that we have to have that and carry that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how I talked about having, like, that anger as an armor because it's not going to just change overnight. It's not going to get mm-hmm. better all of a sudden. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I talked about that uh, there were these two guys in high school that I w- that would just, they were the worst, and they would always <laughs> irritate me. And I just, I'm not a confrontational person by nature, so I'd always just kind of be like, whatever, until it finally got to the point where I was like, leave me alone, and yelled at them a little bit. And then they would just yell, 10, 10, 10 at me, and it was the worst. And I was always just like, what is that? And finally my friend one day was like, oh yeah, like that's your that's your black girl meter, and I've never been so <laughs> furious in my life. But of course, I couldn't go yell at them, because, you know, yeah. it's just... That kind of stuff is very damaging. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why people just think they can slap labels on people and have nothing come of that, but it's not okay. And, you know, I don't expect it to be fixed overnight, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have noticed, though, a lot of the um, black guys that I interact with now more days are, like, making a conscious effort to be like, well, you know, like, I love black girls, you know. I, yeah, I think, I've, I've seen, I noticed yeah. that, too. I'm down with that movement. Me. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, you know, and that's why we're doing this. That's yeah. why we're doing the black perspective, the community of culture. Uh, you know, black women, black will never, ever, I, I think eventually they'll get their fair shake, but it's going to be a while. I think we have to change the mentality of certain people mm-hmm. and, and, and the way they think. Uh, I think racial profiling, the same thing names same thing yeah just it's just gonna have to take i think a generation to finally say you know what we accept this and this is what we're going with and that's what we're going to stand for um and i don't ever want to hear the excuse that we're not ready for it we're ready for it Mm -hmm. you have to dictate the action not let the action dictate you Mm -hmm. so uh that's you know that's the way we're gonna go about it but for brandon sams amani mcgarrell i am your host and proud black man Uh, Otis Evagaro. Like I always say, I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.